welcome back to another episode of Foxfire Farmhouse, the podcast. Oh, yeah. This is Josh Bartels signing on. And joined by my trusty co-host, Elijah Heyman. Hello there. And we just want to thank you all, everyone who responded to our last podcast. Uh, we just heard so many good things and so many hateful things. Mm-hmm. We're going to save the hate mail for next week. It will be its own episode. <clears throat> because, you know, we, we wouldn't want to put it all in that early. Thank you for the donations of pizza. I know I just threw that out as just a comment, but uh, the pizza arriving at our door mm-hmm. from random strangers was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just the response has really blown me out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. I've, so, I've been enjoying it. Yeah. So good. So good. I got I'm recognized just, on the street. Uh, <laughs> just by your voice. He was yep. saying something to his wife as he was yeah. walking down I did, the boardwalk. It was actually my wife that recognized me. I was, <laughs> out of uh, she said, you're from that podcast, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah, it was was flattering. Yeah, I'm sure. So in reality, we uh, just ended the last recording about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) So we we haven't had time to hear from any of you. But that would be a great time to remind you that you can reach out to us if you go to Mm foxfirefarmhouse.com and uh, leave a comment. I don't even know if we have a a I've got to work on the uh, website. I don't think we have a comment section. section, but we do have a way to subscribe to an email blast email something email mm. explosion an atomic nuclear explosion of email we should start a discord gonna, group <laughs> Ooh, that's a great idea mm, maybe not maybe not i don't know anyway I, that could go crazy sorry yeah continue. we'll figure out uh, what to do make it easier for you to contact us but in the meantime you'll just get to listen to our golden voices uh speak Sweet all the good stuff about movies so today we are going to introduce uh, the idea of Christ figures in the movies and how the big story of the world shapes our understanding of the stories that we tell, the stories in the movies. But before we get there, we're going to recommend a couple of cool things that we have uh, experienced or enjoyed ourselves. So what's your, what's your cool thing this week? What's, what's been cool? My cool thing is I've sunk about 30 hours into Ghost of Tsushima mm. over probably too short of a period of time um and uh it's been it's been really good uh did i say ghost of Tsushima? i think i did you yeah, did. did you did it is amazing for those of you who don't know it is a ps4 exclusive game so sorry pc gamers i have no sympathy for you um <laughs> uh it is amazing it's a it's a japanese game it's based off of uh like Akira Kurosawa films and like anime and Japanese culture. And it takes place at the time of the Hun or not Hun Mongol invasion of Japan. Mm. And uh, yeah, you play one of the last samurai after they, most of them get massacred by the unconventional warfare. So you get to play Tom Cruise. Yes. Except not as racist and being a white savior. Mm. (laughs) I have issues with that. So you, you don't play a white Tom Cruise. No, you, actually, in. you play a real samurai, which is more akin to the the cooler characters in that film. That's cool. Yeah, you get to so play do you go cool save characters. villagers who are be- whose village is being plundered. Yes, you do. You save Sweet. many villages, and uh, yeah, no spoilers, but that story is really gripping, and uh, yeah, it just got me in the feels, and I want to take out all the Mongols now. I'm ruthless, <laughs> so effective storytelling. I feel one with the character. Awesome. And I felt sad. Mm. They killed people. Ooh, man, I've got two cool things. This is a cool thing from a long time ago. I'm not going to do two. I'm going to throw it out there. There's a, 
you're speaking of video games that give you the feels. Yep. Have you ever played Brothers? Brothers. That sounds familiar. No. I'll come back to that in some future episode Brothers. because it's really good. But that's not my cool thing. My cool thing today is actually related to our story topic or our uh, podcast topic. Mm. And that is a book by K.M. Wyland called Creating Character Arcs. And the uh, subtitle is The Masterful Author's Guide to Uniting Story Structure, Plot, and Character Development. Who is that author again? K.M. Wyland. Is that a man or a woman? It is a woman. Okay. We'll call her Kim because Kim. she left off the I. Kim. We'll just imagine that she left off the I of her name. Yes. This was a off-screen conversation. <laughs> yes. We just did not want to call Kim or K.M. a man if she was yeah. not a man or a woman if she was not a woman. Yeah. Either way. Nonetheless, we have confirmed that she is actually a woman. Mm-hmm. But what, what is really uh, was really helpful to me about this book is that it gives more objective criteria for what it looks like to develop a character. Mm-hmm. She walks through three character change arcs. Mm-hmm. There's the positive change arc that the character starts off with a problem and gets better by the end. There's yeah. the flat arc that means that they just stay the same the whole time. Yeah. And then the negative arc in which they corrupt and get bad. My so, favorite arc, unfortunately. <laughs> his, in terms of, of his story. storytelling of Which is own. what has happened in his ghost of uh, Tishomo. How do you say it? Tsushima. Tishima. Yeah. Because now he has become a ruthless Mongo killer. I have. Yeah, you, you take that turn from like, you're like, oh, like literally, they got me. Because it's like, you start out as a samurai and you're like, we have samurai and I fight with honor. And then like every time you try to do like a ninja thing where you like assassinate, like you get, a, you get like a, a ghost like reflection of your grandpa or your uh, uncle going that's not the way of the samurai and you're like oh no and then so like i was literally playing up like a samurai and then something happened and then i'm like i'm done being a samurai at the (laughs) same time as my character has been corrupted yeah i'm like i am a ninja a force to be reckoned with and i will do whatever it takes these mongols will leave they will leave and i will terrify them (laughs) (laughs) i will be their ghost as they leave yeah yeah anyway yeah, that's good because that's a good that's a good example of the kind of uh, corrupting arc that she talks about. But what she says is that what happens is with a character mm-hmm. that it's all about truth or lie. Mm-hmm. It's all about the truth or a falsehood. That there is some. So in the positive change arc, the story starts with some lie that the character believes. Mm-hmm. One of her uh, examples that she keeps coming back to here is Cars the Pixar movie where lightning McQueen starts off thinking life is all about me. I've got this in the bag. I don't need anyone else. I'm a solo race machine. Mm -hmm. And then that, that lie gets challenged throughout the story until at the very end, we see him at another race in another time. And he's faced with, and he's, he's changed through this to see the lie for what it is to accept the truth that he needs other people. And he lives out that truth in this race that would have been the very expression of his narcissism. In the beginning, which actually was in a race in the beginning. That's awesome. So that's how the positive change arc works. Mm -hmm. The negative one, though, works just like you're saying, where there's a truth that you hold on to in the beginning. I am going to live the way of the samurai and, you know, Mm -hmm. fight with honor. And then something happens that corrupts the person. And they keep trying to uh, uh, trying to throughout the story appeal to the honor a little bit. And Mm -hmm. then finally, there's some point where they commit to it. Hardcore. This is the Anakin Skywalker character arc that leads to darth vader in the prequels foreshadowing <laughs> yeah, exactly we'll have to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that's that's this kind of negative arc and then there's the flat arc which is more uh, i should have pulled up a good example of this i think maybe she uses gladiator where you've got someone who is going to live with honor mm-hmm. and then 
things happen that continually challenge them as to whether or not their view of the world is right. And it mm-hmm. seems like their view in, even though they keep doing the right thing, life sucks and is terrible and keeps challenging whether or not what they believe is true is actually the right way to live. It's like Faramir and Boromir. Mm, Faramir is the flat. Yeah. <clears throat> That's true. He's the faithful son. And he's faced with opportunities to take mm-hmm. the ring. He's faced with opportunities to compromise, but he continues to be faithful all the way yeah. to the end. Yeah. yeah. It, which story in, is a more of a double rainbow, I, I would say, in terms of an arc. Like, you can see with, like, Boromir, it's like, and he goes down, but then he bounces yeah. back up at the very end. And yep. there's that, like, that hope. Yeah. Because it's, right. it's always depressing. Like, you see, like, the Joker. And mm-hmm. that's just, like, that's downward. And that's that's why you leave that movie kind of going, Yeah, that's Man. interesting. That the dark, the dark Knight is actually, like, you've got... Well, actually, the Dark Knight is interesting because it's not a change arc for either of them. They're both flat arcs yeah. competing with each other yeah. to see who is going to outlast the other yeah. one. That's that's bend. really fascinating. Yeah. Now, in the, it'd be really interesting, though, to take that in the context of the entire trilogy mm-hmm. because I think the flat arc exists in the middle, mm-hmm. rightly so. Yeah. And there's a certain positive change arc that happens in the beginning where he's tempted to the dark ways or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he comes around to, yeah. I'm going to live you know, yeah. by some higher ideal, even though it's... There, kind of some tension about what we've got some critters in the basement oh boy sounds like a raccoon that's in here pause <laughs> pause <laughs> Turns out that it was a family of deer out back. Yeah, I'm sure somebody who listens to this will recognize that noise and go raccoon. Really? <laughs> what, what kind of what kind of nincompoops are these I people? City boys are they? Yeah, <laughs> people who haven't podcast, they have never even stepped outside a day in their life. Now, for the record, yes, I am a I'm a suburb boy. I'm a background. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't exactly have deer wandering through. No, yeah. I mean I I grew up around deer. They're all over where I used to live. Which I've lived here for most of my life, so nice. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, the, anyway, well, there's there's our, that random aside. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, character arcs, creating character arcs by K M Wyland. Go check it out. Good book. Oh yeah. So today's topic is going to be Christ figures in the movies and uh, how the big story of the world is reflected in the little stories that we tell. And so, just as in, I'll introduce the idea in one sense. The uh, the idea is that I, I think that story structure follows reality. It's not just a arbitrary invention of people that said, hey, this is how good stories work. I think it might have been discovered like that, but it was discovered. Uh, it, it reflects something real about the way that the world works, the way the world works in time, uh, the way that we act in time. So for, for one thing, we, we exist in time. Yeah. So we have a now mm-hmm. and a later. We have a beginning and a middle and an end to all of our stories. <clears throat> there's a beginning and a middle and an end to even the fractal stories that we mm-hmm. tell. For instance, uh, we sat down here to record a podcast and then we heard a noise and that interrupted the podcast and we had to go solve the problem of what was this noise yeah. in order to continue the podcast. And now we've come back and things have established it, the, yeah. the new normal again. We're back yeah. to just having the chat mm-hmm. about the podcast. So there was a beginning and then the, the, the normal world, Something threw us off into this exploratory world. I got out the flashlight. We started looking around, trying to figure out what had made the noise. And 
down the deer. It's the threat is over. There's no threat actually. And so mm-hmm. we just come back, sit down and we've started the podcast again. That existed in time. In a horror and, movie, that'd be a cheap trick. <laughs> that'd be a very cheap. It'd trick. It'd be like that jump scare where it's like, Oh, it's, it's just an animal. Yeah. And then we'd sit back down the and birds coming out of the cabinet. Exactly. Ugh. We sit back down though. And then there's something that comes up behind us, you know, that's genuinely terrifying and we've been set on edge. Now you can't trust anything. Now I've got to turn around and check behind my back before we keep recording. Maybe there is a <laughs> raccoon in this room and it was just a, <laughs> right. maybe we let the deer, something in the deer and the raccoon the are together. Yeah. Yeah. The raccoon snuck in when we opened the door and we were a the film. Deer. We like got out and then, yeah, <laughs> this is the makings of a good in. movie now. Yeah. We've got a short film to make. We're going to go make that. I always wondered how would you make a good, a good Christian horror film? I feel like, Christians can make some pretty like mm. my wife really loves Frank Peretti and oh, yeah. uh, Ted Decker, so Christians can make some very scary stuff because they can make it real scary, like yeah. legitimate. So I'm reading a book right now called Monsters from the Id, mm-hmm. and it's about how it's about the story of horror in literature and film, and it starts with Mary Shelley and Frankenstein in the French Revolution, and yeah. and he, he the author's thesis is that. All horror horror films and horror books, the entire horror genre comes out of uh, what is really the result of our guilt for sexual liberation. Hmm. And so I'm interested. I have only got – I'm still in the middle of the Mary Shelley section, so I haven't got through the entire book and don't know what I'm going to think of the entire thesis. Yeah. But uh, it's just a really fascinating approach to the book. And so when I finish that, I might come around and that might be one of the things that's cool. That we talk about later. We don't know if but it's cool yet. I don't know if it's cool yet. Yeah. It's really it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. But it, but we'll see how cool it is. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a heavy read. It's not the kind of thing that everyone would go read. Yeah. It's the kind of thing I would summarize for you so that you don't have to go read. Yeah. There so, you go. Yep. But we'll do that then. Yeah. Sounds but good. Yeah. Like, stories exist in time. Mm-hmm. We are humans. We want to act. And we face opposition. Things that get in the way. Obstacles that must be overcome. And sometimes... Like we talked about with the uh, book on creating character arcs, sometimes the obstacle to overcome is something internal, something psychological or theological, uh, where it's in relation to our our own uh, lie that we are telling ourselves about the way that the world works. It can be the kind of thing that, you know, I take on a home improvement project and I say, here's the lie I believe, and that is that I know what I'm doing. And so I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go, I'm going to get the hammer, I'm going to get the drill. It won't take very long. It's yeah. the narrative that we <laughs> yeah, give our exactly. wives. An hour. I don't need help. It ends up being three hours. Let's not hire anyone. the entire day. Exactly. Let's not hire anyone. Yeah. And then we go try to live out our fantasy of being the handyman, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we double down on our lie, and we hold to it, and then something finally happens, like the, you know, toilet ends up in the basement or you know something something wild yeah where we actually realize hey we need help yeah and we come to accept the truth about the world mm-hmm. and by accepting the truth that we, a good story yeah, we, yeah. we find <laughs> we, we come to find that okay we got the work done and we're back to a new normal and the toilet works again mm-hmm. and it's not in the basement and there's not a hole in the floor so you know that's the kind of that has never happened to me by the way just in case Normally. you were wondering uh I have not actually dropped a toilet through a basement or through a floor into Yet. the basement. Yet. <laughs> and currently, there is one toilet that could drop into our basement, but not because it's not because it's teetering on the edge of the abyss, but just because it is actually over the basement. It's impossible for me. I don't have a basement. So. Oh, man. That reminds me of one of my favorite lines in Winnie the Pooh Bear, which will probably come up at some point in our 
discussions about yeah. movies I where Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh he, uh, Tigger is trying to d- open up a treasure chest. And so he hauls this huge anvil up above the treasure chest in Piglet's house. And he lets go of the rope. The anvil crashes onto the uh, treasure chest. And mm-hmm. your, the camera is now outside of Piglet's house. And there's a huge cloud of dust. Mm-hmm. And Piglet says, where'd it go? And Tigger's like, it's in the basement. And Piglet says, I don't have a basement. And then Tigger says, you do now. <laughs> Just a dumb joke, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. So, so good. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> once again, about the Christ figure in Winnie the Pooh. There you <laughs> we'll go. Get back, get back on topic. I, I, honestly, I thought about it for a second, but it's it's been an interesting question. Uh, just talking about, uh, yeah, finding Christ types in a movie. You'd think that that would be very easy. Let me just move this. Perfect. Um, you think that would be really easy to yeah. find because, yeah, I just yeah, thought well, it, I started we, out we really back easy. Out, yeah, we should back out a little bit for, first mm-hmm. too. So if all stories reflect the big story, mm-hmm. that in some that the biggest story of the world yeah. that is the story that God is telling mm-hmm. is one of he creates man, man falls, mm-hmm. God redeems man to himself, mm-hmm. and then uh, restores things back to the way they were pre-fall. Or mm-hmm. restores man back to his original position or mm-hmm. his original calling again, where he can actually image God like he was supposed to in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That is the structure of the world, mm-hmm. where you've got creation, normal normal world, fall, inciting incident, mm-hmm. redemption that comes to the climax in Jesus, mm-hmm. and then resolution that is Jesus putting everything right and everything uh, yeah. being back to the normal state. Uh if that is the story of the world, mm-hmm. that that just so happens <laughs> to be yeah. the, the structure of a typical story where yeah. you've got some character and he's in this normal world, mm-hmm. the regular, everyday, mm-hmm. boring life. Something propels him out his front door mm-hmm. like a little hobbit yeah. out into the world. And then there's crazy conflict. Things are hard. Things are difficult. And then finally there's some kind of redemption mm-hmm. and everything goes back back to being okay again. Now, yeah. sometimes there's inversions of that story Mm -hmm. but the inversion proves the rule it doesn't uh disprove it exactly and so i think that then so then if all of our stories reflect the big story then there are characters in these stories that reflect the person of jesus christ who is at the center of the story that we believe as christians yeah and so trying to looking for or it, it you don't have to necessarily look for christ figures in films for them to have be a Christian film. You don't have to have a picture of Jesus in every film in order for it to be Christian. Yep. But that basic story structure must be there Which in order for it to be later. Christian films. So yeah. what are some of, when we think of Christ figures in movies, what are you thinking of? What are, what are some of those movies that come to mind? Um, some of the movies that come to mind, it's really uh, like, like given, given the background, when, when I'm thinking about it, or when I thought about it, for this episode obviously i was uh, i thought it would be really easy i came up with two really quickly because they're very heavy-handed uh, uh heavy-handed examples um but finding uh finding ones that aren't heavy-handed examples that aren't purposeful because there are purposeful ones and the ones I'm, i picked are purposeful by non-christians uh that their character would be like christ because they recognize the story of christ as being a good story mm-hmm. um so man of steel is my first one slash yeah. Superman in general. Um, that is uh, a very uh, easy type of Christ. Mm-hmm. You have somebody who's 
uh, supposedly like the most powerful being who lives, who comes to this earth, lives the life as, of a man, uh, an alien, somebody who's not exactly from our world, but looks like one of us, even though that's not necessarily the exact mm-hmm. anatomy right. of Christ. But, um, but then he gets raised by humans and uh, lives among us and uh, eventually re- reveals who he is and reveals himself as a very powerful uh, person who is morally the best of us and uh, helps take care of business and fight off bad guys and uh, saves Earth, saves humanity, mm-hmm. uh, force outside of ourselves, but yet one of us. Um, so that's a uh, and uh, Zack Snyder really plays with that imagery throughout the entire thing. Like there's there's a scene where he's sitting in the church and he's 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 unsure whether he's going to give himself up to Zod, and that's when I really noticed it. And he's sitting there and he's praying in a church and uh, it's like it's framed to where he's in the same kind of position as the stained glass mirror that's like above him. And it's got Jesus praying in the garden before he gives himself up and uh, is crucified. Um, He goes through that same arc and there's a lot of like holding his hands out and like a Christ crucifix position Mm -hmm. flowing out there and. Uh, obviously he, he gives himself up for humanity. He gives himself to Zod and says, take me and ends up defeating Zod, uh, in the end of that film. Yeah. And then the rest of, uh, as it's developed in the, uh, character that is played by Henry Cavill, yeah. the most recent set of Supermans, uh, as that is developed, it's even that kind of Christ figure is challenged mm-hmm. in the sense that he becomes there's idolatry right like mm-hmm. they're erecting statues of him and yeah. trying to idolize him and batman says no this shouldn't be he's like gonna destroy us and yeah. we should really go against him right like so, so there's even some challenge that comes mm-hmm. from the material type world that says no he's not a god and we just need to mm-hmm. you know stop reverencing him as that. Yeah. so there's just some interesting themes there yeah. that are similar to uh, Christianity it doesn't mean that we so for there to be a Christ figure in a film mm-hmm. when people talk about that what what does that mean that they are that these Christ figures are actually meant to picture Jesus or that they are just symbolize like what what what, is, what should we actually take away from that Christ figure uh, so from the Christ figure what you can see is uh, some like like what movies are is just, like we talk about is they're a story from a perspective of somebody the mm-hmm. the storyteller and the storyteller in this case uh the prim- primary storyteller in this case is zach uh, snyder and you get a picture of a of almost kind of what he thinks of of a christ type yeah and he portrays that and he plays with that a little bit and mm-hmm. he sees he sees a parallel between the two of them um and yeah, so, and that's true. That when we see the when we see the Christ type in film, yeah, it has more to say about the filmmaker than it does about Jesus. Yeah, in the sense that it's not meant to necessarily communicate something true about Christ. Yeah, as much as to see how they do or do not reflect the nature of a true Christ type mm-hmm. is going to demonstrate something about what they think about the world. Yeah. What really will save us? What won't save us? Mm-hmm. Do they live in? Does this story live and breathe in the world that God made, or does it not? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's that's interesting. What are some other What are some other movies that yeah, uh, hit, hit that note for you. Some other movies, uh, for one, uh, The Matrix, uh, or for two. Ah, yeah. The Matrix is steeped in all sorts of religions, uh, not just Christianity and mm-hmm. uh, like the Judeo-Christian faith as a whole. It's got a lot of Buddhism, a lot of Plato, Platonic thought, and Hinduism, and all that crazy stuff in it. But at the center of it, you have a character named Neo, which is flip his name around. It's the it's one. It's the one. 
And that's who he is. He's the one. He's the one who's who's sent to save humanity and rescue them from the matrix, from this this world that is a fake world that everyone's trapped in, that they don't realize that they're not living a true life inside that world and they're they're swimming in this in this water that they don't that they don't know that they're so is the red is the red pill communion? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and in well, stopping the bullets is like the shield of faith. Okay, well we don't go that deep <laughs> into it. Like, yeah, I, like that. What I was I was listening to somebody talk about this, and just uh, in terms of like analysis in general, and like uh, film analysis is like you had an author or a filmmaker or sorry a writer, and he says the curtains are blue, and then the the English teacher, the ninth grade English teacher, goes. The blue are a symbol of of this and like how oh, he's yeah. depressed oh, and yeah. his all this stuff and like gothic architecture and whatever. And then it goes author's actual meaning. The curtains were blue. That's like <laughs> right. he's just saying that the curtains are yeah. blue. But what you get is you have the Wachowskis and they actually have intent. Mm-hmm. They have intent in having a character like a Christ character um, because I think that they recognize that that's a that's a very powerful character. Um uh, and they needed a messiah character um and so what you can see out of that is you can see uh you can also draw that comparison as as a christian between the two characters between christ yeah. and between neo and between superman and you can really it almost amplifies what is good about christ right uh, because you'll see those negatives those flaws in superman yeah i think what's interesting yeah. about neo christ figures in films are when people point out the ways that christ kind of that kind of ideal comes through. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting to me is that mm-hmm. those pictures actually reveal, those are the stories that we love the most. Yeah. When you've got a story of a character who is some kind of moral exemplar yeah. or, or even someone who changes in a good way. Like yeah. they don't have, they're, they're not all these sinless, sinlessly perfect people, but they change for the better and eventually lay down their life sacrificially mm-hmm. for a cause that is bigger than themselves or for mm-hmm. someone else or for whatever, whatever it is that they're laying down their life mm-hmm. and they give up their life. And in giving up their life, they find often a resurrection of some sort yep. that uh, they are able to come to, or maybe there's not resurrection in the movie, but there's a maybe resurrection in, in terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. That's why we have to have another film. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, in this case, the Christ figure would break down if we go too far into it because yeah. then he goes back into the matrix and you know, or yeah. maybe this is Matrix, Matrix they, Second Coming. Do I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, reason they called it the Resurrections. But I mean, but... Bat- Superman was resurrected. Yeah. Like right. he couldn't. He couldn't right. remain dead. Yeah. That per- like, what the thing that you like? I think that that you see in it is, and why people hate these characters too. A lot of people hate Superman. They yeah, think he's right. a Boy Scout. They don't like him. Same thing with Captain America. They mm-hmm. don't like these perfect, good characters. But inherently, people want that people yep, want absolutely. somebody who's a who's an exemplar they want to believe that somebody can be fully good and somebody can be fully powerful right. and somebody can swoop in and save them and i think there there's something then too that we get to in that distinction between whether or not a story is mythical or mm-hmm. whether or not it is uh realist mm-hmm. or I, I i'm not i haven't thought through this enough to be able to articulate it very well but mm-hmm. there's the idea that there is a story that takes on mythic proportions of like uh, a superman who mm-hmm. n- he he becomes a myth that mm-hmm. is an ideal that we are trying to aspire to. But then there's yeah. the story about, you know, John the grocer and it's just kind of a, a, a character sketch of life mm-hmm. in John the grocer's life. And we can all relate to it and it's interesting, but he doesn't stand up as a mythic character as an ideal that we all yeah. strive to. 
Now, when people, and this is this is interesting, is that when people mirror Jesus, mm-hmm. whether that's a fictional character that ends up having some of those characteristics mm-hmm. of of sacrificing, of of uh, saving and dis- de- destroying the enemy by yeah. giving himself up, mm-hmm. then we actually find that to be mythic. Mm-hmm. So that even in real life, when they're in in the sense not in the fictional story world, mm-hmm. but in real life, when we see that kind of sacrifice given say in uh, a hero uh, in war time or in yeah. some kind of mission, or you see in sports, even like mm-hmm. in small ways where there's a certain type of heroism that is demonstrated in the sports game yeah. that uh, there, it, that story takes on a mythic proportion mm-hmm. that now this is not just John who's just like everyone else. Mm-hmm that is just kind of going through his life and his life just happened to have exciting stuff in it. Yeah. You know, he ended up going on a boat that, you know, found himself in the middle of this adventure in the middle of a jungle mm-hmm. or, and he was trying to, you know, save or trying to recover this golden head, you know, like yeah. that, like that's, yeah. like that's not the kind of, uh, that kind of story is fun and it's mm-hmm. exciting, but it's not mythic in the sense that we all want to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, whereas when someone does lay down their life and acts in mm-hmm. that morally exemplary way, acting like Jesus, then that gives us something that we aspire to yeah. that we all, it's an ideal for us to try to imitate. Exactly. And I think that's what happens in the, that's kind of what maybe we're getting at with the Christ mm-hmm. figure is that when there's something in the Christ figure in the movie, mm-hmm. it's a mythical ideal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what I came to and in, in going through all these, these movies and picking between them was what, what do I think a type of Christ is like, what is what is a type of Christ? Like, what what does that mean? Like, because obviously Christ is a person, and he's God, and so Christ has a personality. He has uh, roles. He has a mission and responsibilities. And there's there's a lot of things that that come with that. And so, like, and when I was thinking about this, I talked about this with my coworkers for a little bit, um, and I asked them what uh, all of which. Uh, most of which don't uh, don't have uh, faith in the Lord. Um, uh, a lot of them are questioning of it, but um, they. I asked them, "Well, what do you, what do you think of Christ type and and movies are like? Can you guys think of any examples?" Because I was having a rough time, and it was really interesting. And I didn't realize it till after I had the conversation with them. Was I was getting their perspectives on who they thought Christ was, like, and in, in terms of like the ideal, like as culturally, who is Christ? Who is this myth? Like. What is the mythic status of Christ in America right now in my crew? Um, and most of them were like, well, he's who you have to find a character who's like really good. Um, somebody who sacrifices themselves for their, their people. And so it really came down to self-sacrifice. Yeah. Um, somebody who overturned the normal uh, and went to sac- sacrifice mm-hmm. themselves. And so it was interesting. And obviously that's not the only thing that, about Christ that you can that you can look at. And that it was it was hard for me to break out of that too. Is that there's more to Christ than just his self sacrifice, and so there you can see types of Christ in literature and in movies, in in a good king, yeah, and a, a person becoming king like Aragorn and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a good example. Not all the time because he's not a perfect example of Christ, but of him becoming a king and becoming that just and righteous and good king uh, that everyone looks to, and he he brings peace to the land and he fulfills what he was what he's given his inheritance and that was given to him right and so you can see christ in that yeah and whereas like 
it can be easy to point at like every self-sacrifice thing, which we're, yeah, yeah. we're going to, because most so, of our list yeah, is made exactly. up of that. But in some, in, in some ways that's how it ends up working out. And yeah. uh, even, I think what's interesting then about how Jesus is different from Aragorn, yeah. for instance, is that Jesus existed in our world. He yeah. exists in our world. Mm-hmm. And therefore who he is and who he said he was yeah. and the type of uh, myth that he is mm-hmm. then confronts us with a choice. Because yeah. if he is the myth who he said he is, yeah. then that demands something of us. Yep. That demands us to decide mm-hmm. whether or not he is going to be Lord of us too. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we are going to admit that that is true. Mm-hmm. Whether or not the myth is real. Yeah. And that's what, that's the kind of decision that we've come to mm-hmm. as Christians is is to say, we believe that the myth is real. Mm-hmm. And we are going to live in this myth and in this story. Yeah. And that's, I, I think, what ends up giving life value and purpose is that we are not simply uh we are not writing our own story mm-hmm. we don't have to come up with our own uh narrative we are yeah. we are actually joining the narrative yep. of the world <laughs> you know yeah th- that's something that it's way bigger than us yeah and even though we might be just a tiny bit character Coming in the background the matrix, you might say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go bringing it full circle yeah. the matrix resurrected yeah from the matrix yeah, we're we're playing we're playing for keeps here. Yeah. We're 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 fighting the we're being used by the Lord to fight off the whatever those an, animatronic things are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're fighting all those things. We're we're the, defending the demon machines. Yeah, is it the Ark? Is that where they're from? I forgot what it's called. Zion. Zion. Yeah, yeah. See, exactly. There's there's so many yeah. so many references yeah. to it, and uh, yeah, but we're we're outside, and we have an ability to interact and th- do things that affect the matrix yeah in yep. a way the matrix Absolutely. isn't the goal <laughs> right yeah, yeah exactly uh, yeah. we g- go far down that rabbit hole uh, oh. uh, all right well we're busting out the dad jokes so we should yeah. probably st- yeah, <laughs> wrap should probably up move. so let's shoot through a few movies real quick okay rapid fire rapid other christ fire. figures we see in movies other christ figures that we see in movies um uh so like we just talked a lot about self-sacrifice um I think one of the good ones is Braveheart, and that's a historical, not very historically accurate film because historically Bra- historical fiction, basically. Yeah, because yeah. we know very little compared to about William Wallace compared to uh, Robert the Bruce, who did most of the things in that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good story, and that's what we come to, and most people respect it uh, because of that. Um, and uh, but one of the things you can see in multiple, like a multiple fractals of of christ in uh william wallace which is what i why i really love the movie is because yeah you have that self-sacrificing moment where he goes freedom at the very end um and he he dies for his people and his people are he like establishes scotland as being free and then people live in the reality that scotland is meant to be free and he changes how they think and robert the bruce then picks it up and keeps going as like like almost in the same way that like the church continued to move on um, after Christ and, and we became the church and you have the church fathers and all that. Um, but you have that aspect, but you also have the aspect of, of him walking among his people as, as this mythic person, but also an actual person. And he had friends and he had a band of people that were loyal and loved him and he loved them and took care of them. He's also the righteous guy who comes in and comes into the bad guys and cleans house cleans the temple in a way and and just makes things right in scotland um in his life and kind of lives that yeah that that's way. cool yeah so what others do you got 
I got that. Um, I got Transformers. Transformers, interesting. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I don't really the remember. The idea of uh, Resurrection with Optimus Prime. Uh, uh, there you the go. Second yep, one. That's yeah. tr- okay. Yep, yep. And also Shia LaBeouf. Did he resurrect? <laughs> he did. He did in that movie. Remember, he goes to like visit the uh, Transformer gods or whatever, and that it was a really weird film. But nonetheless, <laughs> they they make that like metaphor where like, yeah, he gets yeah. resurrected. Yeah, nice. Um, cool. And he's a cool dude. Um, I brought a. I was trying to think through Disney movies. Um, was where I was going. There's not a lot of Disney movies I can think of. You might be able to think of some, but I thought of Sleeping Beauty. Um, the the prince who's going to save, mm-hmm. like it's that mm-hmm. time old save tale. His bride. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the yeah the prince who's going to save his bride. Yeah, and that's obviously the Christ in the church. Right. And yeah. He loved us so much that he pursued us to the grave. Yeah. And same thing with him. He was willing to, and he ended up fighting a dragon. Yeah. And Christ fought death for us. Absolutely. Satan. And-, and I think what, what's interesting, what, what, uh, something that should be taken away from this is that not in, in a lot of these situations, in fact, I would say many of the ones we pointed out today, mm-hmm. they don't self con, they aren't self-consciously trying to represent Jesus and the gospel. Yeah. It's that, as Christians, we believe that the world was made by God, mm-hmm. and they are trying to tap into something that is real in the world in order to, in the end, sell tickets or tell a good story or what. Yeah. You know, there's different reasons, and sometimes it's actually very explicitly Christian reasons that these writers write what they do. But yeah. even if they are not self-consciously telling the story, every mm-hmm. story about marriage is a story about Jesus and his church because mm-hmm. every marriage is a story about Jesus and yep. his church. And so because these patterns are just baked into the way that the world is Mm -hmm. and that the world has this uh, symbolic texture to it, then story is inevitably going to say something about the gospel, which is why it's important to think through this, because stories can say something very bad and very wrong about the gospel. And uh, they can be very uh, destructive. And, and, And when I say wrong about the gospel, it's not just to say that they get some particular wrong in relation to our stated doctrine, but that they are getting something wrong about the way that the world works. Mm-hmm. And that when you work against the, against reality, mm-hmm. it's like running your face into a brick wall. You're not going to go anywhere yeah. and it's only going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why these, the, why movies matter in this way and why the way that the Christ figure is portrayed actually ends up being very important to the way a film works. Yeah. That's so. what, that's what makes a bad story is when you go against that. Like yeah. You go against that grain. Yeah. And yeah, we just, we find that and the, be- the best stories that we have most of the time have that, have a, have that truth in them. Yep. Otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to, we don't want to be lied to when we're watching a film. Yeah. We want, we want there to be truth. Absolutely. Um, rapid fire. Your last rapid fire. Have I more? just have one left. One, one more. What do you got? Star Wars. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, um, I brought Actually, up Star Wars just there. because uh, I'm, I, there's a quite. A, there, I think that there's a couple different Christ types that you can find in that film. The obvious one that they really ham-fistedly put in there was Anakin, um, mm-hmm. and the and the whole Virgin conception of uh, Anakin being made by the Force and uh, his mom together, and so he didn't have a dad. Um, so you have that and Anakin, but you also have the idea of this, uh, Messiah or this chosen one who's going to bring balance, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't exactly what Christ came here to do. You, <laughs> right, yeah. That, mes- right. that Messiah, like this grand arc where one person is going to change everything yeah. in this world. And yep. all nine movies are about the Skywalkers and the, how yep. they've, they've altered the course of an entire 
like universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have yeah, that. Anakin. And I think what's interesting too is that when even those corruptions, for instance, mm-hmm. like with Anakin, where the whole idea is bringing balance or something along those lines, mm-hmm. just being the counterbalance to yeah. evil or whatever, that that those kinds of corruptions show up in the way that we view in the way that we view the world, right? Like they, they can, if, if we let that view shape us mm-hmm. and the hero is doing something other than laying down their life and dying, mm-hmm. then the, because the Christ figure gets distorted, we don't actually, we end up seeing ourselves as the hero because mm-hmm. I can be the one who is the counterbalance to evil mm-hmm. in one sense, pretty easily. I can just go out and start doing the things that the good guys do. Yeah. And then, I mean, eventually the, Thankfully, they show the tension with like Luke Skywalker in trying mm-hmm. to be the good guy, mm-hmm. and then he realizes I can't. Right? Like yeah. he kind of comes to that conclusion yeah. that how do I actually fight the bad guys without becoming the bad guys? And that's the tension. Yeah. And and that is something true in the story. Yeah. But the picture of like you're the hero who's going to save the day, mm-hmm. and you are the Messiah. Mm-hmm. That that's a false yeah. reality. And yep. if you start playing the Christ figure, you start yeah. thinking that you are the Christ, mm-hmm. then you've got a problem. Exactly. But if you see yourself as the Luke Skywalker who realizes that the dark side of the force is in me mm-hmm. <laughs> to, yeah. to go into odd, way, odd directions with that, and you begin to see that like you can't mm-hmm. do it, then, then that's a good thing from yeah. the story. So, And stories can be mixed bags, and we'll, we'll talk about mixed bags oh, later yeah. and how stories can have good in them and bad in them all at the same yeah. time and i would say in a flawed world every story has good and bad in it yeah so even the most nice christian films yeah especially the most especially nice those films. are the those are the sneaky ones stick around folks yeah. we're gonna we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna come back and have a good bust time that can right open christian, <laughs> christian movies so yeah hold on tight yeah anyway well this has been another episode of foxfire farmhouse the podcast oh yeah thanks for listening and uh, if you're still listening then god bless you and yeah. go, if you really hate us that much, please, please send us some good something. hate mail. Yeah. Send it to my email, josh at bartellsproductioncompany.com. That's the only legitimate email I have right now that I can point you to. Okay. Go to that one. Yeah, I will. Wait, what? You're going to you're gonna write me some hate mail <laughs> for my podcast? <laughs> so, so the only podcast we're going to, or the only hate mail we're going to be reading next time is from Elijah. Yep. There but, you go. But hopefully it's not the only hate mail because we would love to get some hate mail from you. Yeah, exactly. If you don't like us, if you don't like the podcast, if you don't like movies, tell us about it. Yeah, we want to we hear your perspective. Because then we can make fun of you on the show for being so terribly wrong. Yeah. Because we know you're wrong. Before yeah. you even write, the, write this You're wrong. Mail. And now you're going to write us and say, you know what? I hate you because... You guys think you're always right. And we are going to say, Yes, we are. Yes, we are. That's so why we have a podcast. agree with you this time. Yeah. So maybe we don't always disagree with you. Yeah. We have a podcast because yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conversation. Yeah. It's a dialogue. A dialogue. In the classical term of dialogue. Right. Yeah. So write the hate mail, write the love mail. Give it to us. Yep. Go check out the website, foxrockfarmhouse.com, and we will talk with you next time. Bye. Bye.